Welcome to a brand new edition of Yawns. I'm Omar Moore. Watford and Sunderland play to a stalemate at the Vic. Watford 2, Sunderland 2. And now, an international break. The next two weeks will be critical for Watford as they try to get back on the winning side with one win now in their last seven games. Two weeks until another game in the championship. I'll be talking about this game and you'll be hearing from the head coach, Rob Edwards, as well as from Keenan Davis, who scored his first goal for Watford and in his first start for Watford. All of that coming up next on this brand new episode of devil called goals again and that's the thing that has bedeviled Watford this season they've not scored enough of them and they've been conceding more than they should be of them and that is the story now Alison Moyet may talk about love but I'm talking about goals and Watford's goals in this game were well it was really feast or famine for this club in this particular game against Sunderland because Watford I think if they had their shooting boots on and if they had a commitment to getting things done and getting after Sunderland as they should have, they would have probably won this game. But this game is a funny old game as football. It's a beautiful game, but it's also a funny old game. And Sunderland came to play. They did not come to be part of the proceedings, part of the furniture, part of the window dressing. Sunderland came to win. And Sunderland should have actually won this game at the Vic against Watford. They really should have. The referee was horrible. John Busby, an absolute disgrace to refereeing. Sunderland should have had two penalties in this game. I'll start with that. And Watford should have had one. There was clearly a handball. Um, and Watford should have been the beneficiaries of a penalty. They didn't get it. Sunderland didn't get two penalty calls that they should have got. One of them was a blatant push by Hamza Chowdhury in the first half. It was right there in front of the referee. The referee, for reasons known only to him, decided, no, I'm not going to call it. And you saw Tony Mowbray, the manager of Sunderland, go absolutely apoplectic on the touchline in his box because he could not believe it. And actually, nor could I. The referee was looking at it, looking at it, and he didn't call it. And I'm thinking, how did he not call that? I guess that was Watford's fortune. But Watford did not make their luck in this game. And because they couldn't pull away from Sunderland, they paid the price ultimately. Now, as far as the Watford side was concerned, this is how Watford lined up in this game. Now, Watford needed to win this game desperately after a absolutely, an absolutely shambolic display against Blackburn Rovers on Tuesday. Watford really had to win this game, I think, to go into the international break with a sense of confidence, a sense of 
uh, calm, a sense of stability, at least to stabilize what has been a rocky ship. Because Watford had only won once in their last six championship games. And so a win would have put a good face on things considering what has been a very rocky first 10 games. That's how I would put it. And at this point now, Watford could have had more points in this particular championship season than they have. But they could have also had less. And when you really consider things, Watford should have, in this game, taken care of business. Here was the team sheet to start this game, which began with a minute's silence for the late Queen Elizabeth II at the Vic. Luther Blissett was alongside Rita Taylor and Rita Taylor's daughter, among others, to walk out the wreath to Vicarage Road at the start before the game began as part of the pre-match remembrance to Queen Elizabeth II, who passed away, as you know, on September the 8th, 2022. And the minute silence was immaculately, immaculately observed and then the game got underway. Now, the Watford starting lineup was Daniel Batman in goal, Hamza Chowdhury, William Truster Kong, Keenan Davis getting his first start in a Watford shirt, João Pedro, Ken Semmer. Also in this game, Hassan Camera was a welcome return back to the lineup after injury. Craig Cathcart, Yasser Aspria, Courtney Howes, and... Ido Kayembe. That was your starting lineup for Watford. And on the bench, they had a number of players, including Vakun Bayo. And, and also, Carl Lou was on the bench as well. So it was nice to know that he was there. And also on the bench, among others, was Cavaselli and Sierra Alta. And um, those are just a few of the bench players. But that was the Watford starting lineup that I just read out prior to that. And on paper, the one concern about that starting lineup for me would be William Truster Kong. I was not particularly enamored with William Truster Kong being in the lineup, but he actually played quite well in the game against Sunderland. And I was pleasantly surprised by that because William Truster Kong has been a massive liability in some of these games, uh, especially last season in the Premier League. And I actually think that he stuck to his task very well. I wonder if he'll get a start in a couple of weeks' time. He was pretty decent today, as everything goes, as far as Watford were concerned. And so Watford took the field after the minute's silence and really had a little bit more of the possession in some cases than Sunderland did, but didn't do a lot with it. Watford had some bright early moments, but did not put the finishing touches on what they had. And then Watford, all of a sudden, I don't know why, but they began to slow the game down. They began to slow the pace down. They started passing backwards, sideways, backwards, back to Daniel Backman, sideways, sideways, back to Daniel Backman, sideways, sideways, back to Daniel Backman. That was the rhythm of the choo-choo train of possession and passing for Watford in the first half for quite a bit of the first half. And it was such that some of the Watford fans at the Vic were expressing their disapproval. There was a nervous energy, an unsettled energy in the Vic after um, the first few minutes. And you could feel it. You could feel it all the way from here in San Francisco, California, as Watford were trying to find their way into the game, but really did not get any fluency in the game in the first half. It was mostly Sunderland. Sunderland had been the ones who looked very fluid, looked very good, looked like they were um, quite comfortable. They had some good moments of possession. 
They had some good link-up play. Sunderland, who worked together as a team very efficiently, especially away from home, were producing that kind of a performance at the Vic in the first half. Moved the ball much quicker than Watford did. Looked like they had a game plan about them. But Watford began to grow into the game in the first half. And slowly but surely, they did get the goal. And it was one that I think was merited because they did start to put some pressure on Sunderland. And it was a moment of technical brilliance from Yasser Aspria that really kick-started things for Watford, who really, up, on the, up until that point, had been largely outplayed. They were very tentative for much of the first half, but sometimes to get you going, as it has been in the past at the Vic, you need one moment of magic, one moment of brilliance, one moment of tech, technical excellence that will get you and set you on your way. And that was from Yasser Aspria. Around the 33rd or 34th minute or so, he d- delivered one of his absolute patented trademark balls that went straight to the feet of Hassan Kamara, who darted in field, passed the ball across the goal mouth, only for Keenan Davis to come in and gently slot the ball home pretty easily, open net, into the back of the open net. Keenan Davis getting off the mark as a Watford player in his first start as a Watford player and scoring that all-important first goal for Watford. And of course, that was the kind of thing I had been calling for in the Friday focus. Watford needed to score first in this game and avoid conceding first. And that's exactly what they avoided doing. They scored first, but the problem is with that is that Watford tend to crawl back into their shell. They revert back to their shell. One goal for them is enough, it seems. And the mentality is, we're going to score and then we're going to retreat and have you try to break us down. And that's what Watford should never be doing at home. But they've been doing that at home for a number of seasons now. And it cost Watford in this game, especially in the first half, when just at the stroke of half time, Sunderland, who began to pick up the pace and start to play some very good football and had been pressing Watford a lot. Watford just don't know how to play through the high press, which I think is unforgivable at home. But the point is, is that the Black Cats began to play much quicker football, quicken the pace, liven the pace. They got some good one-twos and some good combinations. And then on the 45th minute, it was Alesse who scored the goal. In fact, the ball was adjudged to have crossed completely over the line and Hamza Chowdhury had cleared the ball, but the referee's watch had pinged, which meant that the goal line technology showed that Watford had conceded the goal. It was a goal that Sunderland deserved because they did control the final 10 or 15 minutes of that first half because Watford decided that it would be better to sit back and retreat. And I just have never heard of a battle where you strike the first blow and then you quickly hurry back into your cave, into your headquarters. You have to keep fighting the battle on the battlefield. And if that's true of war, then that's also true of football matches. You can't just score a goal in the 34th minute or the 32nd minute or the 33rd minute of a contest and then retreat back to your dressing room. Not even half time yet. But Watford did that. They retreated back into their shell. And they invited Sheffield United, or well, in this case, it wasn't Sheffield United, but they do wear the same red stripes. But they invited Sunderland onto them and Sunderland made them pay and said, thank you very much. Alesse scored the goal that made it 1-1 at halftime. And what hurt about that goal is that it was conceded right on the stroke of halftime just before injury time. And Watford just did not recover there. I think they must have been thankful that the whistle had been blown because I think Watford looked a little bit rattled after that. But the halftime whistle came at the right time, even though the goal did not. 
And it was 1-1 at the break. Watford, though, came out with some very, very good moves and some purpose, unlike the game against Blackburn. They got a reaction, did Rob Edwards, out of his side. And they played well for about 20 minutes of the second half. Played some very good football, good possession, good movement. Lively, looked like they had a, a spark plug in them in the second half of the first 20 minutes. Looked very, very lively and very, uh, very much up for it. Very engaged in the proceedings. But what got Watford through and ahead in the lead was a Luke 09 goal. Luke 09 used to play for Watford, by the way. Albeit not very for not very long. But there was a ball that came in. Um, header was headed on to in the, in the direction of Luke 09, who headed the ball into the back of his own net for the known goal to give Watford a 2-1 lead. And at that point, you figured, okay, Watford, you've got the lead again now. Let's kick on, consolidate this game, and let's get another goal. But Watford didn't do that. What they did is revert yet again and allowed Sunderland to come back into the game. So after those 20 minutes of the first, of the second half, the first 20 minutes of the second half, Watford retreated in their shell again. And I just don't understand why they did that. But they did. And then there were some warning signs for Watford. There was a, a goal from Jack Clark, but it was ruled offside, which was the correct decision. Jack Clark was left in acres of space in front of the Vicarage Road end. Nobody had marked him. He was all alone. And he smashed the ball past Daniel Backman into the back of the Watford net. And that would have been a 2-2 game at that point. And that was around the 70-some-odd minute or so. And that goal did not count because clearly the replay showed that Jack Clark was offside and he certainly was offside. And that was a warning sign and should have been a sneak preview for Watford. In fact, that's exactly what it proved to be, a sneak preview for Watford and a warning that danger was coming from Sunderland. And Sunderland, to their credit, kept at their task. This is a League One side that got promoted at the end of last season into the championship. And they look as if they've not lost a step at all. They look very comfortable in many areas of the pitch. Their possession was very good. They looked like they knew what they were doing. They charged at the Watford defense with purpose and passion. And that charging with that purpose and passion paid off in the 87th minute as Bennett scored for uh, Sheffield United. Excuse me, I keep saying Sheffield United for South for Southampton, for Sunderland. <laughs> they all wear similar colors. But for Sunderland, and uh, Bennett scored the goal that equalized the game at 2-2 in the 87th minute. The problem was is that Christian Cabaselli was brought onto the pitch. And when he came on within about maybe three or four minutes after he came on, maybe even less than that, he jumped up for a ball, mistimed his jump. The ball sailed over his head and onto the feet of an absolutely unmarked player. And that was Bennett. And Bennett is coolly slotted home past Daniel Backman into the back of the Watford net, net to make it 2-2. That was in the 87th minute. That is the latest that Watford have conceded a goal this season. They conceded the goal in the 82nd or 83rd minute just the other day at Blackburn. And But this game uh, against uh, Sunderland was the latest they conceded the goal all season long in the 87th minute. And remember, you may remember a, 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 a episode or two ago on this podcast, I said that Watford have done one thing well that has not conceded late in the end of these games but they did do that in fact not only did they concede late in the end of the game against with Bennett scoring but they also conceded very late at the end of the first half as well so Watford have got these problems that they need to plug in but Sunderland scored that goal in the 87th minute and at that point when it was 2-2 there only seemed that there would be one winner in the contest Sunderland continued to go forward they had some very good players 
like Patrick Roberts, who I think was one of the standout players for Sunderland, played very well for them. And he was very relentless. Single-handedly, he looked like he wanted to win the game. But thankfully for Watford, they held on for the 2-2 draw and a point. But it was a frustrating result because Watford twice had the lead in this game and twice chose to revert into their shell. And that was a big mistake for me. And I really thought that Watford had a very good chance to win this game. I said so in the Friday focus, but Watford did not win the game, but they did not lose it either. So one of those kinds of games where the referee was horrible, the team, the teams themselves had a go. Certainly Watford had the best of the first 20 minutes of the second half. And Sunderland had very good moments throughout this match. But the problem is, is that Watford did not apply a full court press on Sunderland when it really mattered. Only having 20 minutes of really good possession and threat is not good enough in a 95-minute game. It's just not good enough. So the bottom line is, is that Keenan Davis got his first goal for Watford and Luke O'Neill scored for Watford as well as an own goal. But at the end of the day, Watford come out with only one point instead of the three that they should have got. But then again, Sunderland might say that they were aggrieved as well because they should have had two penalties and and they only came out with one point when they should have had three. I think Sunderland did enough today to have won this game quite comfortably. But with Watford's appalling defense and the referee being so bad, somehow that was not a Sunderland win. And I guess for that, we have to be thankful as Watford Football Club supporters. But I don't think that the players will be thankful about this performance because I think it could have been better than it was. Be that as it may, the final score once again from the Vic was Watford 2, Sunderland 2. Welcome back to this brand new edition of Yuans. I'm Omar Moore. Watford 2, Sunderland 2. Watford and the Black Cats play to a stalemate at the Vic. Now that the international break is here, it's time to take a listen to what the Watford head coach, Rob Edwards, had to say about this match that finished Watford 2, Sunderland 2. Rob, a hard-fought point, but not the result you'd have wanted this afternoon. What did you make of it? You're right, we all wanted to win. And um, so left with some mixed feelings, really. I was, I was really pleased with large elements of the performance. And um, yeah, I saw a team that I want us to be, especially for about 20 minutes after half-time. Um, I thought we looked exciting. I thought we pressed really well. We had really intensity in our game. And that's what we're looking for. That's what we want. You know, that's where I want us to be for 95, 96 minutes in a game. And um, the frustration is then that we're not getting that for long periods. And, um, you know, that's something obviously that we've got to be able to address. Um, and then obviously a little bit frustrated then because we go one and up, pegged back at, a, you know, at the wrong time, just before half time. And then to concede again fairly late, you know, we've got, that's what we've got to be, um, we have got to be better and not sort of shrink and try and protect. You know, we've got to keep doing the things that we were doing really well. What does the team need to do to improve on that? Because, like you say, they've come so close but have been pegged back by a goal at the end. It's, it's what we're looking for, it's that consistency. Why are we getting success? Because we're being really aggressive, we're pressing with intensity, we're playing quick, we're playing forward, looking forward. Keep doing it. It's causing them a problem. They really couldn't get out of their half for 20 minutes in that second half. And 
that's what we've got to keep doing. What's getting us success? Keep doing it. It's not rocket science. Keenan Davis got his first Watford goal this afternoon. How happy were you with how he played today? D delighted for him and delighted with him as well. Um, you can see what he brings to us, the qualities that he has. Um, you know, whenever the ball goes up to him, it, st it sticks and he can bring people into the game. So we know he can, um, we know what he can do with his all-round game and the fact that he put the ball in the back of the net, that's great as well because obviously we're going to need him to do that as well. Seemed like a couple of players may have picked up knocks in the game. Is there any update on how they are? We looked after one or two, so Hassan was beginning to tighten up um, and obviously he's been out injured for a couple of weeks. Um, I thought he was terrific today, but we had to look after him. Keenan, again, has got nowhere near 90 minutes um, so far for, for, for quite a long time. And he was beginning to get tired and again, we need to think long term. We need him for, for the rest of the season fit and strong. Um, and Craig was, was, was cramping up as well so there's yeah he'd be fine but he was cramping up so there's a few that we um few that we just had to freshen up with it's now a couple of weeks before the next game against stoke city what will you and the team work on in that period continue to work on the positives that we've shown there that's how we want to play um and we've shown people today for that period of time that's what we want to do and we've got to continue to build on that so um a few people can recover now i've got a few days to be able to recover obviously some of the lads go away and we wish them wish them well and hopefully they all come back fit and strong and, and, um, and ready to, to fight for us in a couple of weeks' time. But as far as we're concerned now, it's you know, a couple of days of rest and then work really, really hard next week to, um, to continue to build on, on some of the positive signs that we've seen. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. One thing that struck me about what Rob Edwards had to say there was the second half start. He said that that's the team he wants us to be. That was pretty much what he said. And... I want Watford to be that team as well, but they've got to start the first half like that. They've got to start the game like that. And they just don't do that. They had a few glimpses early on in the game. They had some quicker movement, but then they reverted to passing the ball backwards and sideways. I think this has to do with the mentality. This hasn't got to do even with the personnel. It's about the approach that Watford have, the body language that Watford have. And nothing in that interview that you just heard, and thank you Watford Football Club for providing the audio to the video of that particular clip that you just heard. Nothing shows me that Watford are adopting some of these lessons of starting the game better, starting the game with a house on fire. Now, granted, they scored first, and they had to wait till the, what, the 34th minute or 32nd minute or whatever it was until Keenan Davis got that goal thanks to a sublime ball from Yasser Espria that went straight to Hassan Kamara, who back on his left side, hello, got his assist for the goal. But one of the things that I think needs to be emphasized, and I do agree with what Rob Edwards says, and I understand that, what he's saying, the emphasis has to be on game management. I think this is the biggest thing of all that Watford have to deal with. That is part of the mentality and how you game manage is absolutely everything. And I'm not talking just game management the final 20 minutes of a game where you're up 2-1 like Watford were and you want to see the game out. I'm talking about game management in phases of every minute of the game. In other words... The first 20 minutes, you didn't concede. The next 10 minutes, you scored the goal. And then, and then, you try to ride out the rest of the half. Another 15-minute block where you try to either defend out the half or 
try to go for goal because that's what I would do. I'd go for this. I'd go for the second goal. Shut up shop just before half time. Kill off the game. That's what I'd do. But whatever your particular strategy, I think that you have to employ some serious game management. And what you saw in this game against Sunderland was no semblance of a game management or a game plan at all. Watford retreated. They retreated. They retreated. All of a sudden, they looked like the desperate ones in this game. Sunderland looked like the desperate ones, but for a very different reason. They were up and at it. They were aggressive. They were tenacious. They had a spirit about them. Watford lack spirit, and they've lacked it for a number of weeks. In fact, this whole season so far, outside the Sheffield United game, they didn't have anything going on in the vast majority of the rest of these games. Emmanuel Dennis played that game against Sheffield United. Is that the reason why Watford looked a lot better than they do now? I'll leave that up to you to decide. But what I'm saying is that in every phase of the game now for Watford, what needs to be tweaked is the game management aspect. The game management aspect is critical. That must be tweaked. You have to look at this game in fragments of 10. That's 10 minutes and 10 minutes and 10 minutes, right? And then you close out the first half. If you get that goal first, then you build on that goal. You do not sit back. You build. You build a platform so that that goal becomes your platform. And then you push on from there. And then the next few minutes should be looking to pick off your opponent and bury them at half time, just when the injury time is being played. Finish them off with a second goal. Go into the half up 2-0 if you can. If not, stay up 1-0 at the very minimum without any concession of anything. Game management is so key here. And Watford needed to game manage better. They didn't do that in this game and they haven't all season long, quite frankly, with the exceptions of some of those games. I can think of the two games where they did do it pretty well. One was against Sheffield United. Isn't everything against Sheffield United pretty darn good? when you consider that Watford have won three of these games. The other was against Burnley when Watford were down to 10 men. When Cameron got sent off, you will remember that, last month. And Watford managed to ride out the storm. Those were two moments that were very good. And Watford need to employ that kind of game management style and system again. And if they can look at this game and every game they play in groups of tenths, one-tenth, here, the first 10 minutes, the second 10 minutes, the third 10 minutes, the fourth 10 minutes, and then the last five plus minutes. If you can break the game down like that and focus on that little piece of time and what you need to do and where you need to be and what the approach is going to be and what your identity is going to be and what your shape is going to be, then you have a chance. Then you have something that you can build off of. You can have a structure that you can platform off of. That's what I believe Watford need to do in these games to improve where they are and how they're playing. The one bit of progress that was made is that they didn't concede the goal early and they didn't concede the goal first. But the problem is, is that once they scored first Watford, they retreated to the bad habits. They retreated to the passivity. And that cannot happen at home especially, but it did. And that, I believe, cost Watford three points in this game. So the key for me, if you want a solution, here's mine. 
break the game down into blocks of 10 minutes, 10 minute blocks, and make sure that you have a game plan for what you're going to do in the first 10 minutes, what you're going to do in the second 10 minutes. What if the other team scores? How are you going to address that in the next 10 minutes? What if you score first? How are you going to alter the way you play after you score first? Are you going to go for the jugular and go for that second goal and that third goal and that, that fourth goal? Or are you going to just sit back like Watford have been doing and invite trouble on? I don't think you want to do that with the likes of a Sunderland. And certainly that lesson, I hope, has been learned by now. But I think you need to manage this game much more clinically. Game management. I'm not talking about Rob Edwards managing. I'm talking about the team on the pitch managing these situations better. That goes to mentality. That goes to structure. And I think the players also would say that goes to confidence. And right now, I'm not seeing a confident Watford bunch, a confident Watford team out there on the pitch. I'm seeing players who are playing not to lose, playing not to make a mistake. And if you play not to lose, and if you play not to make a mistake, you are going to make mistakes. Welcome back to Yawns. I'm Omar Moore. Watford 2, Sunderland 2. Stalemate at the Vic. Well, in the previous segment, I talked about what I think Watford need to do to engender better performances, especially at home, but also on the road in general. What Watford need to do better in these games because they have not had two good halves of football at any point in these first 10 games in this championship season. There's always been moments, just like today, where Watford had a good spell of maybe 15 or 20 minutes, but after that really did not sustain anything. Same thing on Tuesday at Blackburn, when for about 10 minutes of that second half, Watford enjoyed some possession and some dominance, but didn't do anything with it, and then reverted to type for the rest of the game as Blackburn began to come into the game again and take things over. Same thing against Rotherham. They had a few minutes in the second half of the first half of that game, and they had some minutes in the second half, but could not sustain anything. And that is how Watford's performances have been very much so this season. Very uneven, very much short of confidence, short of any kind of cohesion and identity. That is something that still needs to be worked out. Rob Edwards has a big job, a big job ahead of him. And I played you the audio from Rob Edwards. Now what I'm going to do is play you the audio from the goal scorer for Watford, the only Watford goal scorer there was in this game. And that is Mr. Keenan Davis. Keenan, what are your thoughts on this afternoon's game? Um, it was a tough game. There was a good side. I thought in the first half we'd done well like, to build up into the game. But I think we just got to be smarter with like, the timings of their goals like just before half time and just before the end of the game just to see it out and do better, really. So, yeah. On a personal note, you scored your first Watford goal today. How did that feel? Yeah, yeah, it felt great, especially to get at home as well in front of all the fans. Couldn't have asked for like a better start, really, for my first start. So it was good. But the result like just dimmed it a bit. So hopefully you can get better. And you mentioned about the fans. You got a great reception when you came off as well. Could you feel that support? Yeah, yeah. This yeah, definitely. Especially not just for me when I came off, but throughout the game, really. The beginning of the game and just the energy, you could just feel it in the whole crowd. So yeah, it was good. What did you make of the battle in the game? Because like you said, Sunderland were a team that were full of energy, but you matched that for most of the game. Yeah, exactly. I thought we fought well, to be fair. After disappointment last week, we knew that we had to come out and show fight for the fans and stuff, and I feel like we did that. 
but just a bit of luck just didn't go our way, so yeah, hopefully we can we improve. For you personally, how has it been settling in so far at the club? Yeah, it's been good. It didn't get off to the best of starts because I came with like a little niggle and then I got ill, so it wasn't the best of starts, but I'm in now and hopefully I'll just stay in and just keep, keep improving. And with the international break upon us now, what's important for you and the team over this next couple of weeks for the next game? Um, for me, just to get as much fitness as I can and the sharpness, just so for when that game comes, the next game comes, I can just be fully at it. And for the team, just get a well-needed rest and then just recharge for the next game that comes. Thanks, Keenan. Cheers, thank you very much. Keenan Davis there with his thoughts post-match. Watford 2, Sunderland 2. And thank you again, Watford Football Club, for supplying the audio for that interview that you can also see, by the way, on their Twitter handle, at WatfordFC. Keenan Davis, the star of the show for Watford, no question about it. And he has looked a cut above since he's joined and since he's begun to play for Watford, especially these last two or three games. Looked very lively against Rotherham. Looked the genuine article against Blackburn, an otherwise dreary game for Watford. And clearly was a cut above for Watford in the game against Sunderland on Saturday, scoring his first goal in Watford colours in his first Watford start. That is very good indeed for uh, for Keenan Davis to get off the mark. And you saw how he interplayed if you watched the game. He really does do this well. And I said to you, uh, whether it's here or on social media, that Keenan Davis is going to be a really good asset for Watford. And it's proving to be the case he loves to set up plays for other players. He loves to bring them into the action. That means he keeps the offensive play fluid and he obviously constantly brings motion as well. He is someone who likes the ball to his feet and Watford did not utilize Keenan Davis very well for parts of that first half. Keenan Davis is having a go at some of the players who were passing the ball to him because they were passing the ball to him at his chest and his head. When Keenan Davis likes the ball on the ground, that's how he likes it. I think part of this was the Sunderland press. Watford, as I said earlier, did not really play well against that press. They should have been able to break it down, but they didn't. So they were forced to do these long balls. And really, that's not what you want as a Watford player if you're playing Keenan Davis up front there. You want the ball to his feet. And that's why way Keenan Davis likes it. And playing those long balls were no good because the defenders for Sunderland could just gobble them up all day long. And so that's what made it frustrating in the first half. But Keenan Davis there talking about the fundamentals that need to be done. As I said in the previous block, you need to break the game down into 10 minute segments. That's what I think Watford need to do. And I think they need to manage each of those 10 minute segments well. I think that's one of the keys to Watford improving their performances, both in the first half and the second half, whether home or away, is to break the game down into segments of 10 minutes. That's what I think you have to do. Have the players concentrate for every section of 10 minutes throughout this game. 10-minute increments. Have them focus on the duties they've got to do. Have them focus on the approaches that they're going to take. And that's how you break this down and improve the way you play. You play with a team ethic and an identity. And I think if everybody's on the same page, there's no reason why Watford shouldn't start picking up results. Now, look, I have said, I've said it many times here, that I have complete faith that this team will improve its play and will start picking up the results. And I did say that toward the middle of October, that's exactly what I think it's going to be, you're going to start to see Watford improve. I'd say the middle of October, which is just a month from now, I think you're going to see some improvement in Watford. You're going to start to see some of the play improve, the uh, certainly the performances improve, and I think you'll start to see some wins. Watford now, one win in seven. 
Keenan Davis is going to be a key part of all this. And I think Yasser Espria has a deeper role to play. Now, he played very much, I think, right in behind the two. I think what you saw today from Robedo's formation-wise looked like a 4-2-1-3, something like that. I don't know. Um, because clearly the midfield did not have a great day. They were stretched, too much space, too much responsibility, too much, and they could not close the gaps. Kayembe had a really poor game in my view, as did Chowdhury, his first really poor game for Watford. And I don't think they worked at all today. I mean, they worked hard, but they did not work together as a team very well, the two midfielders. And I think that the lineup and the formation change may have affected that. As I said before, earlier, it was good to see Camera back on his left side. And um, Jeremy Ngaki without injury, so he was not going to play any role in this game. And so you had the four along the back. It was Camera, and it was House, and it was... Um, Truce to Kong, and it was Craig Cathcart playing on the right side as the right winger uh, on the uh, back four. And so that's what it looked like to me when the game started, and that shifted about a bit. But again, I thought that some of the players who were good in the game, aside from Keenan Davis, were Ken Summer. I thought he was good today. I also liked Camera. thought he brought you some quality and some endeavor. I like Yasser Espria, although he was not fully in the game. You know, he did have moments of really good technical ability. And so I do like him in the game as well. And um, I can't think of anybody else apart from Keenan Davis, as I already said, who really made a move. Now, João Pedro had his ups and downs in this game. I thought he was good. I thought he worked hard for the most part in the game. But I think Rob had him out on the right-hand side in that three, or whatever it was. I think it was the three. At the front. And so you had uh, Keenan go direct, and you had on the left hand side of that um, Ken Summer. And, and that was the 4 2 1 3. And he had a Spree playing just behind um, those three or behind the two. I, I really, I can't really tell what that was. I think it could have been a two or it could have been a three. But the fact is, is that you had. Um, you had Espria playing right behind them and you had Jao Pedro on the right side. I think Jao Pedro should have been more central. That's his, I think he can play anywhere along that line. But I think Jao Pedro is much more comfortable sitting in just behind those, um, those front two or three players as the 10 player. And Espria was playing that, essentially playing that role uh, today as a 10. I think Jao Pedro should have done that and you could have Espria coming down the right-hand side. But the bottom line is that's what the scenario was and that's how it went. Only a few players were really good. I thought Truce to Kong did decently when you think about it. Um, I thought that Christian Cabaselli had a horrible game. For the few minutes he was on, he really was abject. And, you know, it's very, very difficult now to justify keeping him on this team and keeping him at this club. As well. Although he's a very nice person, uh, decency does not pay the rent. And you've got to cash in your chips with great performances. And Christian Cavaselli has not distinguished himself uh, in defense this season thus far. He scored a goal the other night at Blackburn that was ruled offside. It was not offside, folks. He was clearly onside. And so that's the one contribution that Cavaselli has had, um, and that was disallowed. So, you know, I think that Christian Cavaselli now is going to be a part-time player on this team. And Courtney House, I thought, did well as well, by the way, in the game against Sutherland. But you are talking now about players who are a little bit uh, long in the tooth, if you will. 
and I mentioned the name of one of them, Mr. Cabaselli, who I think um, was a very good defender in the past, but he's not nearly that now and these days. So that is where I'm going on that. And, um, you know, I think that Keenan Davis hits the record, the nail on the head, talking about the things that Watford have to do in these games and to avoid conceding late goals, avoid conceding goals first. And I think that's fair from Keenan Davis. So I think Keenan Davis was your star player of the game for Watford. Clearly, I don't think there's any question about it. He was head and shoulders above the rest. Brings some stature and some leadership and some quality and some poise and some calm to that forward line. He is very disciplined and he's very difficult to get the ball off. So I think that Keenan Davis is the player of the game for Watford despite the 2-2 draw. And I think that uh, Keenan Davis should be starting the next game that they play against Stoke in a fortnight's time. And I expect that that will happen. Vakun Bio came into the game later on. Didn't really affect things. They stuck him out on the left-hand side. Didn't really affect things. You can talk about the substitutions that Rob Edwards made that might be a questionable situation with the substitutions. But, you know, I don't think the substitutions worked as well as they could have. But Sunderland's substitutions definitely did work. They were at it. As soon as they came on the pitch, they brought some life and dimension and some quality and some speed and pace to the game. And that clearly unsettled Watford. And Sunderland really, I think, will come out of the Vic feeling bitterly disappointed not to have come away with all three point points. And certainly hard done by as far as those two non-penalty calls were concerned by the referee, who I thought had a horrible game in the game against uh, at the Vic between Watford and Sunderland. Welcome back to Yuans. I'm Omar Moore. Watford 2, Sunderland 2. Watford and the Black Cats play to a stalemate at the Vic. And as I said before, International break time has come for the men, and now for Watford women, they will be playing on Sunday against Cheltenham Town at Grosvenor Vale. So make sure you go out and support the Golden Girls in their game. They'll look to bounce back from their 2 0 midweek defeat at Portsmouth, and they'll look to get their third win of the season. It will be a home game once again against Cheltenham Town at Grosvenor Vale, the home of Wheelstone FC as the Watford FC women look to make it three wins out of four. Let's see what they do. Best of luck to all the Watford women on Sunday against Cheltenham Town. So Watford players, the men's players, will have a chance to rest and recuperate. Some of them will be going off on international duty, as Rob Edwards alluded to earlier. And of course, there will be another break coming up in November, just a little more than two months from now, as the World Cup gets underway. Actually, it's probably exactly two months from now. As the World Cup gets underway, there will be a month-long break. So Watford will have two big breaks now in the next two and a half months. They will have the two-week break, of course, starting now, of course, as the internationals go on. And then they will have the month-long break for the World Cuppers. Everybody stops playing for that whole month unless, except for the people in Qatar at the World Cup, of course. That will be some kind of cup competition. It will be very interesting to see how that goes in Qatar. 
And so that is what we're looking at here over the next two and a half months. A lot of break as far as Watford are concerned. Now we hope that that doesn't affect the rhythm in a negative way for Watford. And we certainly hope that some of these players get back on the pitch coming back from injury soon. Don't forget to follow Uorns WFC on Twitter at Uorns WFC and on Instagram at the same address. For news and views and match reports on Watford Football Club, visit uornswfc.wordpress.com. All writings done by yours truly. And to subscribe to the Uorns WFC YouTube channel, make sure you do. Go to youtube.com and type into the search bar Uorns WFC. Three separate words that will bring you to the Yawns WFC YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to that, please. If you have, thank you so very much indeed. Much appreciated. If you have not yet subscribed, please do. It would be greatly appreciated. And of course, the Yawns podcast, what you're listening to right now, available on Apple and on Stitcher and numerous other podcasting platforms. That's it for now on this brand new edition of Yawns. And until next time, enjoy the international break. And from me, Omar Moore, you.